Hello, and welcome to Wyverns of Weirdos Fathomless, the Dungeons and Dragons podcast set in the world of Fiala. I am your Dungeon Master, Darby. Joining me as always are Eddie playing Tibble, Mitch playing Neris, Joe playing Alton, Jake playing Fishman, and Laura playing Rue. Let's jump into it. last left off the party regrouped within Rue's cottage uh, as well as uh, many of the the uh, captured town, previously captured townsfolk of, uh, of Siena on the island of Acheron. Um There they got in a long rest and some discussion of what to do uh, next about the Oblex problem before uh, deciding upon consultation amongst the crew to try their best to deal with the Oblex threat. Um, and they were also promised how much it was an influence, we don't know, but they were promised an additional thousand gold and some animantic secrets by Eldrin uh, in return for him being able to retrieve his notes before returning to society. So we left as the party were on their way back to the center or back to Siena itself. Um, is there any last-minute discussions or last-minute preparations that people would like to make to head back in? Um, left everything uh, Tibble had. Well, Tibble and all of the rest of the crew had left while Neris was having this conversation. Um, so once Neris... Um, comes back out, he would most likely find everyone standing waiting. <laughs> um, and once Tibble spots Neris, he's like, ah, yes, lad. I suppose uh, you finished up what business you had. I have. Wonderful. Okay. Well, my dearest crew and, of course, yourself, Rue, um, I have not yet really encountered this, uh, this here beast, this here ooze, uh, aside from being abducted. So I suppose we should probably have a plan going in. That isn't just uh, uh, walking into the center of town like a trap. Does anyone have any burning insights or ideas? Well, I don't know how helpful this is, but it does an attack where it kind of goes for your brain through your ears. So. 
protect that area, I guess. That's something to keep an eye on. I suppose so. Do we know if it's just the ears? Ah, no, it's of two. Too many holes on creatures, unfortunately. Protecting the ears may not be the, uh, well, may not be for naught. Coming. Okay. Now, uh, anyone else? We know that this creature does have some use of magic as well. <laughs> Did attempt to charm me, and I believe there was scope for other magical abilities as well. Should be aware of that, at least. Aye, so be wary of magic. Right. Does anyone have any protection against magic? I do have some, but I don't believe it's the type that would be useful here. I've never encountered these oozes, and I don't think they fit in the category as what I can help defend against. Mm. I... Well... We're definitely all still for fighting it, yes? Or at least giving it our best shot. Hey. Course. Indeed. I certainly am. All right. Well. Here is the closest thing I can formulate to a plan based off the liminal information that we all have. We can go in together, united, as a group, make sure that we aren't separated or taken from each other, and try and find the notes and the best place to find this ooze and fight it. Or we can try and bait it out. I would much prefer we don't do that one, but it might be a smart option. And how fast are these creatures? Tibble just shrugs. <laughs> he looks up at um, the fish man and he shrugs. Um, we do know that um, on the open ground, it is not very fast. Perhaps the keeping was... a distance may be our best bet. I have not personally experienced the magic, but certainly observing and, if need be, attacking from afar will be a very good idea. It seemed to be able to reach out with tendrils, which was how it was trying to invade certain spaces of the body, like the ears, but it was easy to sever as well. So try to keep distance if you can. I cannot speak on the magical ability as I did not witness it. But please be careful. I will, of course, do my best to assist. These are very good plans. 
and I think it will go very well. The, uh, the fighting from a distance thing. Mm. Well, it's not really something I can do. I've got me crossbow, but if we want a chance at actually destroying this thing, I'm going to have to get close to it. I'm more comfortable with that, too. My magic is not as reliable on, on far distance range. So I will assist Captain Tibble of the Polaris. And Ray just, like, nods. And then kind of, like, bonus action, which I can't, oh, I can't remember if Tibble saw, but just, like, bonus action, like, a long blade just kind of... Kind of like stretches out from like the kind of like joint of the wrist um, uh, of the right hand, <laughs> which has some writing on it as well. Um, and then they just nod, and then look out towards the the village center. Preparation is key here. Am I to a bit of my own? As he reaches out and he takes out a golden shiny acorn um, with a feather inscribed on it, and he'll throw that in the air, shout some incantations, and with like a flash of light, a kind of like flashy toucan comes down and purchases uh, purchases itself on Fishman's shoulder. Right. Oh. And then almost immediately after, um, you'll start to see some frost appear from his armor and kind of emanate from it. Very impressive. It's not meant to be impressive. It's meant to save my life. And here's hoping it helps everyone else's chances in this fight as well. Right. So... We work with me here, crew. Uh, for and against the uh, sticking together or using bait options. What side are we leaning to? How do you propose we use bait? Well, this creature likes to feed, correct? on memories or whatever else. If, uh, say, myself or any volunteers decide that they will be the one to wander into the town centre alone, uh, the others can wait on the sidelines until an opportune moment to strike. So far, it has not yet gotten the fishman, myself, or Rue, I presume. I, I do not know if there is a reason it has not yet got Rue, but... Uh... You mentioned that it retains your memories. Would it not know that I myself am here also? The plan is not to, uh, to transform you into the creature get to you before then but I uh, most likely it would be aware that you're here but it is also likely to want to feed <laughs> it knows it hasn't eaten you 
But if we think it's not a good idea, I've offered two options here, and I'm welcome to any others. If there's no magical trickery, I should be able to get away post-haste. I'm happy to put myself in that situation. As long as if something goes wrong, that'd be the sign for people to come in and help. I I can keep outside to the shadows and keep an eye on him. So that if something goes wrong with that plan, then uh, I can act as a backup. Both to him immediately and as a way of contacting the rest of you. To let you know that it is out. Well, uh, the, the aim would be for us to be within a range that we would know that and be uh, able to get there post-haste. Yes. We, we, but if you are able to keep in earshot, um, I can, and I will be able to keep within eyeshot through uh, my expertise in keeping to the shadows, should the worst happen, and Fishman cannot alert you himself. I'm all aboard. I will admit this is more of a plan that has been put so far, any of your crew. So I think it has a really good chance of success. And lastly, is this ooze just a singular entity or does it have friends? Are there any other acquaintances we need to be aware of? Perhaps other people helping it. I cannot speak for anything beyond Nerys and Alton's thoughts, but I have only witnessed one myself. That said, I did not realize there was one until yesterday. I believe there may be. Um... <clears throat> three individuals who are possessed. I'm not sure if that is the right term by this particular creature. I don't know if they are three separate entities or they all act the same. But we should be aware that there may be three different, at least three different avenues where an attack may come from. Well, Fishman, yes. you're sure you want to do this, lad? Unless anyone else wants to offer up their assistance, I believe I may be in one of the best positions to be in this position. Neris, Alton, Rue, Nathan. Well, unless and... anyone can render themselves invisible, uh, then to take my place, then I think Fishman or I would be the best as bait, as we are fresh to it. I was asking if you were happy with this option, lad. I am happy with the option. And I'm not sure if I'll be the most appetizing meal for this particular creature, given the descriptions that you've given me so far, but we shall see now, shall we? 
I will tell. Um, Tibble looks to Neris and Alton, and uh, Alton might not recognize this sort of look, but he gives Neris this almost pleading look of like, um, it's something you would have seen from the captain before, um, not very often, but in situations where he's really needed input, um, be it from yourself, from Janice, from like any of the senior officers, because he doesn't know if what's about to happen is going to work. Um, it's like Neris Alton. You've both been very quiet. Please tell me if if you don't think this will work. We can always go with option A. Neris is going to gesture to Alton first, and we'll take a couple of steps back behind the rest of the crew. <laughs> begin to put his hand over his mouth. Sorry, Buster's been having a nice little think about the fact that something apparently ate my memories. Um, no, I think the plan, it should be a good one. Um, Nizen's proposal is good. I think the most difficult thing would be getting our group stealthy enough not to be found, but able to protect Fishman if possible. We'll see how it goes. An ambush is always a good strategy. I valid points. Maybe the best reason to keep uh, Nizen with us then. With his mm. expertise and all. Yes, uh, we'll see. As that conversation is happening and Neris has stepped back, sort of out of everyone else's vision and covered his mouth. Um, he casts message to Tibble and just says, are you sure you wish to offer one of our crew members up for bait? Lad, I'm not sure of anything at this point. I haven't fought this creature. You have, you and Alton have, and frankly, I've not gotten much from either of you, so we do what we have to. Neris will remove the hand from his mouth, um, step forward again and say, believes this plan will be a good one. Aye. All right. Well, shall we get a move on then? Wait. Okay. Right, to understand okay. I'm helping people find uh, opportune hiding spots? Aye, Nathan. Of course. Do your best. All right. Uh, 
at the first opportunity, Fishman will also go up to Nizen and share just like what he's planning to do, which is at the first up the first sign of like an inescapable trouble. Um, he is wanting to um, essentially teleport out of there. Um, right. And I was just wondering, is that something Neris can do as well? Uh, it is not, uh, but it is. He can move incredibly fast. Okay. Um, he can bonus action dash. Um, nah. Cool. All right. All right. So, as you approach the center of town, uh, one, any final preparations, and two, can I get everyone except for Fishman to roll me a stealth check with advantage for Nizen's assistance? I can't remember if I specified at the end of the last episode, um, but Neris has uh, a focused and a, a thin sort of semi-ethereal bubble kind of appears over him as he casts Mage Armor on himself. Oh, of course. 13 stealth check for Rue. They're seven feet tall. Yeah. All right. uh, they're sort of like trying to hunch over more than normal, like with like a, a basically a blade for an arm, just kind of like <laughs> and uh, very, very much paying attention to um table as well. Sorry, <laughs> uh, twenty one for Alison. 21. He's probably just like casually walking and then like ducking into shadows. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got this. Right. Tibble's a seven. Oh. Um, You're all a two and a four. Oh. Uh, Neris is 11. <laughs> oh. All right. Then. No. Yeah. Oh. Go with that. Uh. All right. So. Um, what is the Oblex's perception like? Just generally. Just something I might need to know. Um, okay. Okay, so Fishman, are you doing anything to kind of mm. get the Oblex's attention as you walk into the center of town with your toucan? Um, yeah, well, um, he will ask toucan. Mm -hmm. um to kind of fly above um yeah. i'm not sure if he can do any scouting of his own uh, but also fishman will be actively looking out for any sign um even if it's just if the toucan like flies around like he he can also communicate with the toucan as well um yeah. speak with animals um, if need be, uh, yes, and um, yeah, if you can kind of convey the message like we're on the lookout for something. Um, additionally, yeah. um, it's quite hard for Fishman to be surprised as well. Okay, in encounters. Uh, I do you have the uh, yes, you have the alert feet. All right, so the toucan, the two, how high up is the toucan flying? Well, let's have a look at ranges. Let's have a look, have a look, have a look. Um, so let's go. I 
can't believe I need to crack these out for a toucan. <laughs> 60 so, feet. 60 feet. So 60 feet up it'll be? Yep. All right. Let's go with... Um, sure, that's quite high. So 10, 20, 30, 40. The only reason being is that's its fly speed. So, so it can still dive bomb down in a round and attack uh -huh. if you need to. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know what, Darby? Let's go with... Let's, let's go with 40 feet, actually. Okay. If that helps you with your pieces there, 40 feet. Yeah, Lock it in. They're just a bit loose. But that is fine. All right. So, go with this. All right. And so, are you doing anything to try to kind of lure the Oblex out? He's wanting to find the Oblex first. All right. Uh, Romian, uh, investigation check. Mm. Spicy. 14. 14. With a negative one modifier. Mm. Um, so with a 14, it's hard to get an exact look at where the Oblex might be. Mm -hmm. um, Could you see where it might have been? Because he has been scouting yes. around and he did notice the effect that the ooze had on the environment. Yeah. So this is a survival check then for this which conversely I believe you are quite good at at 18 18 mm. mm -hmm. alright so you notice a conspicuous absence of any sort of uh, indication of the oozer's presence which you would know um, having investigated it um, and seen some of it in the forest. And it's at that point you realise that um, the area here, there is, a, uh, there is an illusion permeating the area. Um, and if you focus real hard, you can notice that a lot of things are in a more significant state, not terrible, but a more significant state of disrepair than they appear um, to the naked eye. Uh, it takes you a bit of focus to be able to see it like that, but being aware of it, um, you notice that and you look around and um, you have a good enough passive perception. You notice that half squinting through the illusion under the statue in the center of town, um, there is kind of deep cracks within the pedestal that it stands upon. Um, and from there, tendrils of ooze seem to be making their way out and towards you. Um, All right, so Fishman's, if he can, he's going to try and throw some, uh, one of his, I don't know what they're called, water skins, throw some mm. water towards it and use shape water if he can. 
Um, he's hoping to freeze any cracks that currently aren't allowing the tendrils to get out of, or that hasn't used yet. If he can block up the tendrils that are kind of trying to restrict its flow, essentially. There's a range of 30 feet on that. Okay. Um, hmm. I think... Yeah. Okay, so I think there's a little... There's... Yeah, there's some some ice around the... Uh, the... Yeah, around the, the base. Um, and so it might, it might take a bit for it to get out of these cracks. Um, and then he will start backing away, pointing at the middle. Yeah. Um, and I think that is probably time to go into initiative, which we pre-rolled between episodes. Um, and we start with Tibble. Um, who... Yeah, so Tibble has his... Um, Tibble actually got a natural 20. Green's advantage on his first action. Um, now, what can Tibble currently witness? Because I know that Fishman is the one who can see that the area is in disarray and that there are tentacles out and about and um, I all else. Um, can they see him? It's probably a good question because he did do things. Yeah, people being engaged is Tibble within the area um, as far as where Nizen decided to hide slash place him. <laughs> yeah, so Tibble is about about 20 feet from the statue and he is um, he would be able to see um, see Fishman create this ice and it disappears into the illusion. Um, so because of that, I will allow you to make a uh, perception check. Mm, not. <laughs> it's not worth um, allowing him to make that. Uh, uh, that's a six. Okay, so you can't... Um, you can't see like the breaks in the illusion, but you you probably are able to deduce that there's something around there. Hmm. Um would Tibble as captain be able to see who looks like they'll be acting next, like who of everyone. He does a quick glance around. Uh, who does it look like is about to head out? Uh, Nizen seems next most prepared, followed by Alton, then Rue, then Ishman, then Neris. Okay. Um, and Fishman would would the pointing be the signal? Um, I guess that's up to Tibble's interpretation. Um, he would probably know that um, Fishman is one for tactics. 
Um, and so the fact that he didn't say anything might be an indication of what he wanted, what he was trying to do without triggering anything, mayhaps. He is actively backing away from the statue, however. Oh, okay. Um... Tibble just rolled an 18 inside. Is that enough for him? Yeah. Yeah, I would say that's enough to get Fishman's meaning and... Fishman. Yeah, what do you nice. want from Tibble right now? Actually, he's like, you know, this, is a, this is a stealth mission. We're trying to get it in the element of surprise. Um, if you don't have to blow your cover and things don't look bad. Letting you know that's where it is. But okay. I'm not in any danger right now. Tibble might, in that case, hold an action. Hmm. Um, and that action would be... Um, once he can... Once he visibly sees the ooze. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Once he visibly sees the ooze, um, to use his Starseer Cutlass to cast Fairy Fire nice. on it. Nice, nice, nice. All right, um, so that's your go? Yeah, if he's holding an action, he can't do anything else, right? Uh, you can still you can still use your movement um, and bonus action. Um, you just can't use your action for anything else. Yeah, okay. Um, No, he'll just sort of um, batten down and await. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, next is Nizen, who is going to. Um, he's probably just going to hold his uh, crossbow uh, in a way as to aim it at the statue area, and he's going to hold an action to attack. With the Oblex come out uh, and make itself visible. Um, hmm. So, um, next is the Oblex's turn. Now I'm just checking the shape water. Here's an area of water. So, was shape water, was it, that you used? Yeah, so it essentially means, as far as I'm aware, it can, uh, word for word, it um, choose an area of water that you can see. Uh, he threw his water skin, if that's allowed, mm-hmm. and he can manipulate it. He can freeze the water, and um, providing that there are no creatures in it, 
um, the water unfreezes is now. However, he was using on the areas where it wasn't yet there. Yeah. Okay. Or hadn't yet protruded. Yeah. So it is... Yeah, so there is uh, five feet of... That is a five-foot cube. Um, so, watch it as it impedes its options. Um, it is still able to make its way out. Um, and so it will it will make its way out the uh, the back of the the statue. Um, and um, yeah, so we have the Oblex folks. Um, and it, on its turn, is going to, um, hmm. so, uh, I think, what's its, what's its reach on, um, so that's, I think I'm going to say because of the ice, that's its, that's pretty much its movement to get out of there fully like that um and then it is going to um, <laughs> as a bonus action it is going to use uh sulfurous uh sulfurous impersonation um and you all see as this figure that um is it very that appears uh, to look like um, like Neris. have it up somewhere a dexterity saving throw but i don't know what tibble's spell thing would be um, spell dc yeah. <laughs> it oh no it's there it's there 15 you wrote it in thank you darby for my life it's 15 i'm so sorry about the natural 20. yeah um, yeah uh, and Nizen is going to get a crossbow attack in. 
Um, that is only a 10, so that misses. Uh, so, Alton, it's your go. Um, Mitch, would it real Neris be like in my line of sight as well? Uh, hiding nearish by. Uh, Neris would be sort of off to your left, honestly, probably a slight step behind. Yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah. So, either in the briefest of peripheries or no. <laughs> Okay, Alton like probably just like turns around to like try to see Naris and then looks back at the other Naris and is just like, the fuck, man. Well, uh, I'm sorry about this. <laughs> and we'll cock his gun at um, Olex Naris. <laughs> Incredible. Um, so he's gonna do some little like mechanical tuning on the gun and fire his first shot with some um, additional fire damage if it hits. That's a 22 to hit. A 22 certainly hits. Excellent. So that'll be um, 13 points of piercing damage and 3 points of fire damage. So, uh, so 10 points of damage all up. Uh, 13. What was, the, what was the first? Uh, 13 and then 3 of fire. Ah, uh, okay, so 16. Yep, yep. Okay. I was like, oh, Alright, um, second shot. Yeah. An 18 to hit. 18 will hit as well. Okay, and this is just piercing damage. Uh, that's 11 points of piercing. Alright. One last shot. Right at Naris, which is weird. Um, and that will be uh, 22 to hit. That certainly hit. And then um, eight points of piercing damage. Alright. And then I guess he'll just go and duck back behind the building that they're probably behind. Yeah. <laughs> Again, and just be like, shrug at Naris, and that's his go. Alright. So, uh, next is Rue. Uh, so Rue very quickly kind of turn, sees like um, uh, Fishman kind of tensing up and then Tibble like um, shooting, like throwing, leaning some kind of magic towards um, this creature. And it's just like, uh, hiding time over then, yes? And then um, <laughs> nods curtly at them and then kind of like, uh, Stops crouching over, stretches up to his full seven feet of height, and then it's just going to charge in. <laughs> All right. Um... Um, as the uh, as a bonus action, the blade that's protruding from his right arm uh, completely just like spreads up along through like the inside of where his glove has sort of parted a little bit. Um, all along like the, the blade of this um protruding sort of like weapon um as like fire uh yeah roars up from it okay and ruby is going to attack the closest little tendril that tried to get into Fishman's brain i all guess right. so right. i'm a roll to hit yeah okay i'll take a picture of that one that is a natural 20. um <laughs> uh, okay cool with my brand new dice um, so I assume that hits. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so I currently have Searing Smite activated, which is a D6 of fire damage, so that's a 6 yeah. fire damage all up to begin with. Um, the arm blade is a D8, so it's uh, D8 plus 4, so that's um, uh, 12 points of damage, slashing damage all up as well. And then my additional damage, I actually rolled another 8, um, so that's 12 points of additional slashing damage. And uh, the 6, D6 is... Uh, five points of fire damage on top of all that. Um, for Rue's first attack, okay, so as this like fire sort of blast, oh, and I'll quickly roll something else. That's fine. Cool. So um, no, no additional smite on top of that. Oh, why not? I guess yeah. you know it's a nat twenty. The classic <laughs> smite <paladin> time. <laughs> I would like to smite, please. Yes. Um, so that's uh. 2d8 plus 1d8 for each spell level, yeah, so 2d8. Yep. Uh, so 16 points of um, smite damage to begin with, and yeah. then I roll 2d8s, oh, four points of additional uh, radiant damage. Okay, so that is a grand total from that one attack of 55 points of damage. <laughs> so Roo just like looks from Fishman to Tim was like, oh, time to attack now, and then just like roars into flames and and um, yeah. There we go. Um, and then Rue's gonna hit again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if that one will hit. That's um, uh, 14 to hit, so I believe that uh, 14 misses. will miss. Yes, yeah, that's one. All right. Oh, first one. And that's all. All right. Um, it is It is already looking pretty shaky. Tibble uh, is like staring slack jawed at Rue. Like he's just. And he's got this little twinkle of awe in his eyes. <laughs> I forgot to also mention, because I believe we were rescuing Tibble last time I did an at 20. Yeah. Um, kind of like, there's like these like seams of light that become more apparent now that Rue's doing this, that are sort of like, un like in the crack between like where they have like their apron and then some kind of like black metal armor that's just a very bright light and the same kind of like light sort of like pulses out from the like goggle type uh, glasses of their mask. Just like it's just like energy just radiates out. Um, which again, if we weren't already spotted by the Oblex, it probably would see us now. But yeah, just this ex burst of magical energy that is completely foreign in nature. Hey. Um, yeah, so next is the fish man. Alright. This Oblex um, is so... looking shaky. Hmm. Hmm. He will not take any chances. He's going to continue backing off. Yeah. Um, however, he will drop um, Shillelagh and he will pull out his crossbow. And he'll try and make two attacks if possible. Yeah. Roll to hit. Right. Yeah, that... No, no. Um, so, first one, not going to hit, I don't believe. That's yeah, a no. 13 to hit. But the second one, however, is not going to hit either. <laughs> That's an 8. Oh, yeah. Um, so, um, he's going to, yeah, just keep on backing off, um, hoping, I guess, to draw its attention, I guess, with those terrible shots. Um, but he will call out to it. He'll say, um, you, ooze, do you perhaps speak? 
You are a curious creature. Um, and then immediately after Fishman's turn, um, Toucan will fly down. Dive bomb, please. Yeah. Um, right. And he will make... Let me just double check. Um, I believe he will be making a... Yeah, probably a... Hmm, I don't know his spell level. So just to save time, let's go with a maul, which is a melee weapon attack. Hmm. Yeah. Um, that has... So if he can, he can spend 35 feet to fly towards it and attack yeah. it at a distance. Um, so... That is um, yeah. your spell so, attack modifier to hit. Yeah. So is uh, that just spells, a D twenty plus? Yeah. So it's just your your D. So to hit is just your D twenty plus your. That eight. one. Don't don't worry. That oh. one. Um, <laughs> and a six, a three, and a one. Yeah. For, for future <laughs> reference, the um the spell level is the level you cast the spell at. So. Which I'm is level two. Yes, I'm assuming because you All didn't right. explicitly upcast it that it is a level two spell. That's um, fine. Um, just maybe because of how poorly that went, um, if it's possible, can the two can actually fly a little bit closer and kind of like perch on its back or something? Perch on the user's back? On the, um, yeah, the ooze is back. Yep. Yeah, that is strange, but doable. Yep. It uses annoyance. <laughs> you had me thinking for a moment that that might have actually been an ability that it could have had. No. No. Oh. However, with a little bit of homebrew sauce, Darby, it could be. Everyone right. has that ability. <laughs> um... Okay, so next is returning to my encounter page. Uh, Neris, you see this uh, sort of oozy, like copy of yourself in front of you. Does it look oozy or does it look like Neris? Or with uh, like an oozy tentacle? It looks. Place? It looks like you. Um, the, the biggest. Uh, indication that it is not is that it actually has like this there's a thin trail of ooze going from like its feet back to the oblex. Cool. Connecting them. Cool, cool, cool. Um does it seem like um the damage we're doing to this entity this the the Neris slime ooze um, is also doing damage to the entity controlling it? Uh, let me intelligence check. Just an intelligence check. Uh, that is a 19. 19. Um, it, yeah, there seems to be a connection um, almost as if they are the same entity. Uh, any damage done to one seems to affect the other. 
Perfect. Uh, so, uh, first and foremost, uh, Neris on seeing the ooze monster, he's going, okay, we're all, we all have a plan here, everything's fine. Uh, and then the ooze turns into him, and he begins to panic momentarily <laughs> as he sees, with no hesitation, all of his friends start to kill him. Um, <laughs> Only one is attacking the nearest part of the ooze, I will note. Fair, alright. Uh, it still hurts. Um, so Neris is going to think for a second. Uh, and then he's going to... take a couple of steps back kneel down on the ground uh, with one hand pull out his wand, with the other hand he's going to pull out his spell book and he's going to cast Mage Hand and lift up the Divining Orb and just have it floating in front of him and he's going to semi-close his eyes and focus on every possible future that's happening in the next six seconds um alright is that your go? That is Nurse's turn. Okay. Um, next is back to the top of initiative with uh, Tibble. Um, so Tibble does a quick assessment of um, <laughs> does a quick assessment of where everyone is. So. Um, the fishman has stepped back from engaging with the Neris Oblex, is that correct? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think step back from engaging with the Oblex in general because he is best at running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, perfect. And Rue is um, engaged with, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Um, what Chibble is going to do, um, he at first, takes one sort of glance over to Neris, um, sees Neris with his orb, um, and just has like this moment of focus and of attention, um, where he watches Neris for just the moment that he can spare just to assure himself, um, and then turns away from that Neris, the true Neris, um, towards the other Neris, um, and scampers as quickly as he can, um, so he's flanking with Rue, if possible. Yeah, so what is where he speed? is? That's at the top of the page, Darby. <laughs> uh, 30 feet. Okay, yes, you can get perfectly in flanking with Wonderful. Um, I was say it won't be hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, once uh, he's up with the um, up with the oblex, um, he calls out to Rue, and he's like, "Fantastic job!" Don't know what that was. That was a fantastic job, lad. Now, uh, I'm going to need you to hit again. Um, and he is going to use his commander's strike. Um, and as he attacks, and 
And apologies, I don't know where Tibble's accent has gone to any listeners. It just disappeared from my brain. Um, but he uh, brings his Starseer Cutlass up and um, he says to the Oblex, I know what you're trying to do, but it's not going to work. We know who the real Neris is. And um, he slashes downwards with the Starseer Cutlass. All right, roll to hit. That oh, isn't fantastic, Tibble. Thank you. Um, so that would be a 13 to hit. That misses, unfortunately. That's fine. Um, I just want to check. Yeah, that's fine, because it gets two attacks. <laughs> yeah. Forgot, I'm playing a fighter. Ah. Yes. Yeah. So um, yeah, I just had to um, check whether the yes. commander strike was a action or a bonus action. Yeah, but it's so when you take the a bonus action. Oh. Yes. So he uh, attempts to slash down um, with his sword, then realizes that slashing down with his sword, um, while would slash at the ankles of fake Neris, um, really isn't going to do much. So he slashes back upwards with his backhand. Um, and that is much better. It's a 26 to hit. 26 certainly hits. Yeah, wonderful. Um, and that is a D8 plus seven, which I should have gotten my D8s out. Apologies. Um, All good. Oh, wonderful. So that is 11 to hit. 11 to hit. 11 to hit, 11 damage. Uh, 11 points of damage. Yes. Apologies. All good. Um, all right. Uh, and and um, Rue can use their reaction. Rue gets a... One attack? attack. Yes. One attack. Hold on. That uses my reaction, I'm deleting this. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Um, also, I need to roll the superiority die because you get that added to your attack. For the damage. Um, to the damage, I mean. Okay. Sorry, uh, five. I mean damage. I'm saying yes. attack. I mean damage. Um, Good. Um, so an so, additional five points. So I read a total of like ten points. So it's fifteen points of damage. Okay. Uh, so Rue what kind was of looks... it to hit? Um, so as Rue goes to hit, um, Neris sort of eyes partially closed, not even looking at the combat. Um, he can see through the smoke in this orb, there is one tiny little thread that he wants to pulse brighter. Uh, and he knows what he needs to do to do that. So he waves his wand a little bit and just sort of flicks a little bit of, uh, dust or, or soot or something or other, um, just into the side of Rue, which is just enough to curve the blade in just the right angle uh so mechanically you rolled a 19 for the hit oh uh, yeah 
Its AC is below a 19, so no matter what your modifier is, that definitely hits. Yeah, 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 that hits, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it would be a 26 to hit. Yes. With that. Yeah. That's amazing. And Rue kind of, like, looks surprised at Tibble commanding them and then just, like, surged on by this, by this feeling of, like, just something happy. And then suddenly we're just judges a bit as their um, course is corrected and just slashes down into the Zoblax. Alright. And just looks, looks kind of like, seems to like blink, the you know, lights shutter on and off for a moment like, huh? Alright. Nice. Uh, anything bonus action, Tibble? Uh, that is my bonus action. Having Rue do something ah, is yes. my bonus action. Okay. Yeah. All good. <laughs> All good. Uh, Appreciate it. Alright. Um, Nizen is going to go next, and he is going to, he's going to have to bonus action dash to get up there, but he's going to get up there, and he is going to, uh, to, to short sword, short sword. Um, um, I think one of those misses, one hits, yeah, 13 and a 20 total. Um, but people are engaged with the Oblex, um, so it's five points of piercing, and then nine points of sneak attack, so for 14 points of damage, all up. Alright, um, that is his go, then it is the Oblex's go. So a con save please, it's only 13 to beat, just Uh, to see if the flames of Rue's blade takes hold. Yes, alright. Um, it has an okay con, um, the 13? Yep. Um, mm, uh, oh. that is, uh, uh, 22. Yep, so the flames kind of fizzle out. Um, that's all right. Yeah. All um, right. also, Fishman and Tibble also did try and talk to it as well. Yes. Fishman asked if it could speak. Tibble said it knows that it's not the real Neris. Yeah. We know it's not the real Neris. Does it respond in any way or? Um, so, it is going to, as a bonus action, uh, extrude another sulfurous impersonation. Um, this time, uh, a reprisal of a classic. Uh, bringing back the, uh, the Uzi Tibble. Um, Right by Tibble, um, as the Oblex at those, at the three points, the central point of the, of itself and the Neris and the, um, the Tibble impersonations is going to say, You have ruined all my designs, and you must be removed. Um, as it brings its blade down upon Tibble, making a pseudopod attack. Um, and so it does. Um, um, I didn't roll great though. Um, I don't think a 12 is going to hit. Oh no, that's disadvantage. So I don't think a 10 is going to hit. Um, Tibble, uh, kind of steps to the side with his tiny, nimble little body and he barks out a laugh. Um, This 
uh, entity is now his size, right? Uh, so there is Visibly the main huge, uh, there's the main huge Oblex in the center. Um, mm-hmm. and then there is the tiny little Tibble clone right by you, and then the medium-sized Neris clone off to the side as well. Ah, oh, okay. Yes. So it's like branching out. Yes. But it's the same entity. Yeah. Okay. I, little... That was me yeah. um, not catching up there. Yeah. So Tibble um, looks to the other version of him and barks out a laugh, and he's like, ah, apologies. I... I am so apologetic right now to your plight, but um, unfortunately, we are going to make your plans even worse. All right. Uh, it does get another attack, but that I think the uh, the Neris section is going to move towards Neris proper um, and make a pseudopod attack, um, reaching out with its uh, its wand which turns into ooze as it's pointed at you um and that is much better roll uh that is the lore of the two is a 22 to hit still kind of focusing on his um everything that's happening um neris is going to sort of wince a little bit and shoot out a, a tiny little like mental link at this creature using his reaction to cast silvery barbs. Okay. Uh, so the triggering creature, which is the Oblex, must re-roll the d20 and use the lower roll. Okay. Um, so I just re-roll one d20, I take it. Um, that's still gonna hit. It did okay. roll lower, but it's a 13 on the dice. Plus it's bonus. Okay. Uh, so that's a 19 to hit. Uh, does it take damage from that as well? Uh, it does not, but a, a creature within range that I can see, which will be uh, Alton probably, um, yeah. has that mental link as well um, that kind of shifts between the Oblex um, and Alton. And Alton, you get advantage on a d20 roll that you get to roll in the next minute. Okay. Um, also of note, as part of that attack, um, you take a total of 18 damage, 12 of bludgeoning, um, no, uh, yeah, 12 of bludgeoning, 6 of psychic. Okay. Right. And that is the Oblix's turn. Alton. Um, okay, so he'll duck out from behind the building and then just be like, oh, there's two of them now. Great. Um, but aim his pistol at the, um, how's the fake Neris looking? Um, so they all seem to be in a similar state to each other, as if they're the one entity. Ah, okay, so it's, that is fair. Yes. Uh, essentially, they all share the same hit points pool. Fair, fair, fair. Okay. Um, uh, he'll just keep shooting at the narrow straw. Alright. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, yep. Yeah. So that was a 28 to hit. First right. shot. Certainly hit. That was with advantage. Um, no. 
Uh, it was, sorry, I reread it. It was the next attack or saving throw that I'll you I'll see if I get a 20. Okay. Just in I, case. I rolled worse. <laughs> but thank you. Excellent. Um, so that's um, eight points of piercing damage. All right. And your second shot? Uh, next shot, he's going to once again um, flick on the mechanism for um, the extra fire damage. Ooh. Yeah. And so that is... Oh, nice. So 29 to hit. 29 suddenly hits. So that is um, eight, uh, 13 points of piercing damage and a whopping one fire damage. All right. And then um, last shot, bonus action, is a dirty 20. That suddenly hits. And that is uh, 10 points of piercing damage. Okay. Um... And then he'll just duck back again. Yep. All right. I guess he'll say to Neris, um, so should we aim for the, the, the big one or just keep shooting our uh, co-workers? <laughs> All right. Uh, Rue, your go. Well, Rue's sort of doing that little, like, little shattering of light, like they're blinking, um, and then he sort of shakes his head and is like, Yes, this is good. I'm having fun. And then if um, bonus action again, the, the blade is once again going to light up with flames. Yeah, it's fine. Um, and um, Rue brings that blade down on the um, <laughs> on uh, the point of the oblex that um. So I suppose like the, the junction between the Tibble oblex and the oblex itself, because he's flanking with Tibble. Um, okay. And uh, so that's going to be a twenty to hit, not not a natural one, yep. sadly. Still hits. All good. All right. So um, uh, cool. So that's twelve points of um slashing damage, I believe. Yeah, long swords slashing. Cool. And then a D six of fire damage. Oh, two points of fire damage. That's fine. And then um. Retracts arm back, slashes again. Uh, right. So that is um, a uh, um, 25 to hit. So that hits. hits. <laughs> uh, so D8, uh, so 5 plus 4, so 9 points of uh, slashing damage All right. on the second attack. And that's Rue's go. All right. It is, yeah, it's looking incredibly shaky at this point. Um, and it is the Fishman's go. All right, so it does speak. Very interesting. Not that it really matters, as he loads up another crossbolt. Um, however, this time he really focuses, um, and he puts. You can tell he kind of holds the um, crossbow in a different way. Um, he is putting a lot more faith in this shot, however, um, as he'll take another shot with his crossbow. All right which hopefully is a little bit better. This is 17 hit. That will hit. Excellent. Perfect. So what he used earlier was his bonus action, and that was to cast his... Um, can't quite remember who it is, but it's his uh, Planar Warrior. There we go. Um, so if that does hit, all of his um, damage is now force damage. So that does... And you deal an extra 1d8. Mm-hmm. So that was 13 um, piercing damage. Okay. So I'll do a 1d8 as well. 
plus an additional seven. Uh, how are you doing this? Um, well, um... How does it look as this pierces yeah. and destroys the Oblex? He's being real casual about this. This entire time he's just been, like, walking backwards and just, like, putting bolt in after bolt as he fires it away. However, this one appeared a little bit different as it simply appeared to have just left the crossbow with no trail and appeared straight into the Oblek with kind of, like, a flash as if it almost teleported. That's how I imagine the force yeah. damage to kind of work. Um, and, yeah, with a great deal of force, I'm hoping the Oblek gets pushed back into the statue from whence it came. Um, and, yeah, just start gooping all the, up the place. Yeah, so it just um, explodes from this this force as it's pushed through by this, uh, this ooze. Unfortunately, it's positioning. It can't get it's positioning relative to yours. It can't get pushed towards the statue. That's all right. Um, but With, yeah, from the definitely... explosion as well um, comes a controlled spiraling toucan as well pushed, because he was latched yeah. onto the back of it. Yeah, pushed, <laughs> pushed back onto the pushed back. Towards... So he's kind of riding the wave, so yeah. to speak. So it's pushed back to the church as this toucan surfs the ooze, like the the remnant ooze substance. Um, and, and the Oblex is no more. Excellent. All right. Uh, what happens to the other users, um, so our they, sulfuric friends? They, um, upon the destruction of the central ooze, um, you see them just lose all form and just sloth to the ground like um like almost like a jelly immediately liquefying oh and so when fishman goes up to them to like check them they're just like pools on the ground yeah, yeah. just inert pinky ready orange puddles of oh, delicious mm -mm -mm. does the illusion around the town drop uh, I will say it does. Yes. What do we see? Um, it's not, the town isn't in a terrible state, but there's definitely areas, um, particularly around, um, the central area that are in a little bit of disrepair, disarray. Um, in particular, the mayor's office, um, has... A number of additional kind of holes in the wall um, compared to what you would have seen, uh, as does the boarding house. Um, the church, there's a big crack underneath the, uh, like on, on the underside of the door that reaches up. Um, and yeah, and Fishman, oh, you would dear. see, like, yeah, there are those bits and pieces of like, ooze contamination that you sort of saw while you were in the forest. Yeah, fair enough. Um, first point of order, he's going to go up to the, um, up to the statue, and he is going to, let me just double check how this works, if it works. Do you reckon he could change the ice back into water? 
Uh, yeah. Cool. He'll change the ice back into water, but I imagine it'd be pretty yucky water. But he's mm. kind of like going to make the form change as if he's just like shaking the water. And then he rings the water and all of like the dirty stuff comes out. <laughs> and then he'll pull that back into his water pouch. Um, and then he'll go up to Neris. Um, are you doing all right there? Neris um, kind of cracks his neck a little bit um, and stands up, the divining orb slowly lowering, and then he grabs it with his real hand and pops it into his pouch. I will be honest, that went better than many of the other ways it could have gone. What do you mean? Well, um, I don't want to bore you with the specifics, but there were several futures where we all died. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank it was not this time. But that's quite an interesting skill you have there. I don't believe I've seen you use that very often. It is something I have learned to uh, try to harness. I have all this knowledge. May as well get something out of it. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, in your futures, did you see what we do after this? Or... My understanding of the futures, it is not that I see what is about to happen. It is that I see every possibility of what could happen. At the current moment, there are too many branches to even focus on. When there is something as sure forgive me simple as combat there are not there are not as many avenues that one can explore therefore it becomes easier to try to find a path however as of now have you ever Do you cook, Mr. Man? Often? Do you not? I do. I just want to know if you do. Do you have Absolutely. a hobby? What do, what do you like to do? Weapon maintenance. Feet. Weapon maintenance. Navigation. Navigation. Let us focus on that, for one. When you are navigating, there are so many different variables that can happen at any one given time. There is Absolutely. wind, there is uh, the motion of the waves, there is how deep the ocean is, there is current trade routes, uh, shipwrecks, other vessels. There is so much to think about. When you are trying to plot a course from one point to another, without anything else, there is too much input. You know, there is you're not able to come up with a plan. But when you break it down into tiny steps, 
it becomes easier to figure out how to get the ship where you need it to go just by looking from one tiny movement. I do appreciate the breakdown. And whilst it is not boring, like you say it is, it is very confusing. This is why I'll leave it up to you to understand all this stuff. I did understand part of it, but not all of it. Um, keep up the good work. And he pats him on the shoulder. <laughs> and on that note, that's where we're going to leave it for this episode. Thank you for listening, folks. Incredible. We're still Fishman here. Dumb, guys. Fish, Fishman wise, but Fishman dumb. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great week, everyone. Have a good one. Yes. Thanks. See you. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>